the Thinking Hardly podcast. We're putting the Hardly back into thinking. Don't blame me for these stupid voiceovers. I'm just a neural network. Hello? Hello? Can I start these the same way every time? Hello? Yeah, you can. Yeah, we'll cut that part out. (laughs) Probably not. I'll do it. How you you doing? I'm doing good. You're entering the busy phase, huh? Of work? Yeah, yeah. Definitely uh, missing the not working part. Yeah. That was a nice couple days. It's always hard to come back, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How's the weather there? Is it fall? For now. um, Apparently, on Thursday, it's supposed to be like low 80s again. But yeah, I mean, it was like 40s yesterday. Wow. Wow. Well, that's that's fall in Missouri, huh? Yeah, that's Missouri for you. Yeah. Well, things are good here. It's it's nice. It's it's you know maybe in the seventies during the day, and then it gets cold at night. So it's it's been good. We've had a fire every morning for the last few mornings, and um, so it's been good. It's been good. We're yeah, having that a hard time nice. getting. We're having a hard time getting the last batch of the grapes in because the ground is wet and. Um, they were talking about hauling them all up by hand. <laughs> and I, you know, we have like a we have like an acre of <clears throat> of these red grapes that are not worth very much. So the last time I checked last year, and the the revenue not not money like not profit, but the revenue was less than two hundred euro for that whole thing. Oh my god! Way, yeah, we pay way more than that to have it you know, picked, but if it has to be picked by hand and then hauled up by hand and, you know, so I told Pietro just to, you know, n- not worry about it. We'd figure out something else. We'll just yeah. go out there and eat grapes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. He he says, well, it's such a waste. And it's like, man, you know, like. It's a waste if we do anything about it too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the sooner we've this, yeah, right. With those grapes, the sooner we find out that we're not going to pick them, the more money we can save. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk, talk about a hobby <laughs> anyways normally we have people here you know during the year and so it's it's a lot of fun but um it's just the two of us and gina's shoulder is still bugging how's your shoulder by the way did you get get past that oh yeah yeah it was like it was just my side i slept on it wrong so i'm fine yeah, okay yeah you're young okay well i know this is a work day so i only have a little bit of your time so let's dive in. All right. Anything in particular that you want to talk about that's happened since Sunday? That would be like yesterday. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm between. To, yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything big. Uh, I feel like there was. Um, most of Twitter has both just been talking about that New York uh, Times guy that uh, was exposing himself on a Zoom call. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, let's see. I think it's. I think it's. It's not New, York, it's New Yorker. I think it's, the, I think it's the New Yorker and CNN. Yeah, we'll get to. Well, we can talk about that now. That's fine. That's Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why the older, you know, white men that run into this problem always have such creepy last names. But <laughs> maybe. Maybe they're all, maybe they're just, maybe, maybe last names are often creepy and they just in, in retrospect sound creepy. But I mean, that just like, 
I don't know what to tube and doesn't sound too good to me. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely tubing right there. <laughs> I was wondering if maybe, maybe he's thinking about like, what? I don't know. I mean, I read, I didn't want to read it. And then I, then, then I, then I wanted to read it. Then I admitted that I wanted to read it. I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, it's not like he was, when I first got the, when I first read the headline, I do probably what most men do, which we shouldn't do was to try to come up with some explanation for what, you know, it's like, Oh, well maybe he went for a run and uh, his, 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 his clothes were sweaty and he, it was between calls or something. He thought it was off and he'd like, you know, change it. Cause I, cause when I first read it, it didn't have any details, but apparently there was a lot more than just nudity involved. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say, you know, obviously I don't know that much about it. Um, I would probably file this under old people failing to use technology correctly. Uh, not that it was like an innocent act, but from what I've heard, it sounds like he is so incompetent that he thought he was leaving a call and joining another call and he didn't do uh-huh. that. <laughs> <laughs> he joined another call, all right. I don't yeah. know. He said he said he thought it was muted. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I don't think you don't understand know. that word. Yeah. We'll be the when we see the video, we'll be the judge of whether it was muted or not. I don't it's like I don't know. I mean I don't know. Men are weird. <laughs> and old men are really weird, you know. I, I just the I mean the details I read was that he like point he changed the angle of the camera to point, you know, yeah in the in the business district. Well, you know what I'm talking about? The central business district. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, I don't know if I have very much to say about Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah, uh, it's just a last name. I mean, I know I keep saying that, but you know, maybe he'll maybe he'll start some kind of rating system for adult films or whatever. You know, give it like four Tubins. <laughs> yeah, the Tubin system. <laughs> yeah, the Tubin. I, yeah. yeah. Well, I will say he's got a great last name, and yeah. I enjoy saying yeah. it quite a bit. Yeah, well, we'll just we'll try to sneak that in every once. You know what? What's painful is if is if a film got four and a half tubins. I mean, it's a half tube and it's really a problem. Yeah, well, yeah, it seems like that's Ouch. not that big of a you know measurement. Just <laughs> I'm such a fourteen year old boy. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yeah. Okay, Trump versus Biden. That's always good for uh, some yucks. So this week is the last, uh, the second and final uh, presidential debate. Yeah, you know, it's you another one. I feel it. like there's not much to say. Yeah, well, they're going to. So uh, Trump is upset about about a couple of things. He said he's going to he's going to still participate, but the the Commission on Presidential Debates made. Uh, well, it made one change, and then I think you know Trump was expecting something else, and it didn't it didn't pan out. So the change they made was that um, they will be muting each opponent's microphone as the as their. Well, let's see, how do I say this? When Biden is answering a question from the moderator, he gets two minutes. Trump's microphone will be muted during those two minutes, and then they'll open it up for rebuttal and argument and everything. And the same thing when, when the moderator asks Trump a question, two minutes, uh, he gets the mic and Biden can't talk. So that's one thing. And he said he didn't, he wasn't, he was not happy about that. And he also, I think, assumed that this debate was going to all be about foreign policy, which is 
not atypical for these debates, but since the first one kind of got trampled and the second one got canceled, uh, at any rate, they're doing like six different topics, you know, one of which is uh, coronavirus, which I don't think he really wants to talk about. I mean, he wants to talk about it, but not in a in, not in any kind of rational format. Yeah, it sucks because it's like I think I think really the thing that is the hardest thing here is that basically Trump being there legitimizes all of the. It, it makes it so that you can never get far enough in the conversation to bring up any of the actual problems with the democratic policies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it makes them look a lot stronger when like you can never even get to uh, like, there's a big, I guess it, it's not really an opportunity for the Republicans cause they don't want to do anything about it either. But I think something that's causing a lot of tension is the insistence on the lockdowns without any sort of like support. That which would be is financial support. Yeah. Which basically means that, I mean, everything's still kind of on business to adapt to this. And if they decide the best way to adapt to it is just cutting their workforce. That's going to leave a lot of people who now are like looking for work and being told, well, you can't go outside. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's, it's, it's an incomplete strategy. It's, it, it's, it is, that is completely true. I don't know what, how else to say it, but that's right. It's not coherent and it's not comprehensive. Yeah, I guess it is. I mean, it's still better than, you know, than the alternative, but like, I think that's how it's kind of a microcosm of everything, you know? Yeah. It's like, there's these two parties that neither of them really work but the fact that the other one works less in the, their supporters' eyes is like they're saving grace. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not counting on a lot of insight. You know, because Biden will be, I, you know, I don't know. No, nobody, you know. I mean, yeah. At I mean, this point, I mean, at this point, it really is all about whether you want Trump or not, right? I mean, for a lot of people. For a lot of people, Biden's Biden's you know most positive characteristic is that he's not Trump, and that's no small thing. I mean, if he's if you're worried about you know if you're worried about what Trump could get us into, but we're not going to get into a lot of depth here. I mean, what did you? I mean, did you think there was more of that in the primaries? Sort of. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, it's not even it's kind of not even worth having the conversation about things that are are really like of deep value right now because there's no route to get there. And in the primaries, it at least felt like, oh, well, there's a lot of different ways we could go. So you can have a meaningful conversation on stuff, even if a lot of people are lying during it. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that still felt like a crossroads. And now there's no crossroads, really, unless you just don't care about anything other than Trump, you know, and getting him out of office. Yeah. Like well, I, think, I think that's I think, I think it benefits everyone in politics to keep all questions as short term as possible. Oh, such a mess. I mean that's really I don't know if that's true. I think it is true, but it's not that's yeah, not great. Obviously. Yeah, it's it's not great for anyone but the parties themselves. 
I mean, I think the Republican parties have a path to get to what they want, right? Well, yeah, but not their voters. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, yeah, the parties are the only ones that can do anything, really. I get it. I, I now I'm, I'm now I'm tracking. So now that's why I don't really care about the debates either. It's it's like, well, what are they going to talk about there? Like they've already basically all the statements that we need to know have been made. For sure. For sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, uh, people who want Biden to go down are going to be looking for a gaffe, and. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, people who want Trump to go down are going to be hoping that there isn't a gaffe, or well, that Trump, it, you know, that Trump comes unglued. Yeah, it's it's really that both of them are looking for the other side to mess up, and they're both ignoring the obvious mess ups of their own side. Like it, it it's just really hard because it's really so mirrored at this point in terms of like. Biden is a person that you can make all these very valid criticisms of and it gets neutralized by the fact that like, well, we can't think about that. Well, I mean, it gets neutral for some of us. It gets neutralized by the fact that he's not Trump. And, and, you know, I, I know I'm just project, probably just projecting, but I, I really am concerned about his lack of management skills over the next four years. Now, maybe, maybe this is maybe the you know, coronavirus, the pandemic, that's our, you know, one in 25 years, one in 50 years. We're not going to have that again. There's not going to be a crisis that requires some sort of, you know, coordinated, managed response. We, he could have done, I don't know. I mean, we can talk about this another time, but we're like ninth in the country, ninth in the world in terms of, we're the ninth from the top in terms of, uh, Mm-hmm. per capita deaths from coronavirus. So, I mean, there's like eight countries on the planet that are worse than us. You could throw a dart at almost, you know, the globe and somebody would do better. And it's not like all these countries have been doing the same thing. They've all been, you know, there's like different right. strategies for all this, but they're mostly coordinated. I mean, they're mostly coherent. Um, and so it seems to me like the big problem in the U.S., and this may not be all of Trump's, this may not be, you know, solely Trump's fault, is that we didn't really have a coherent response. It was this kind of, you know, reactive, short-term, you know, the, the administration was talking out of both sides of its mouth and out of other orifices also, <laughs> you know. So so I'm concerned, about the, I'm concerned about the lack of inability to manage a large, complicated, you know, problem, separate from politics. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, think, I just think a lot of this is kind of based on your perception of how competent these institutions really are because to me putting biden in and having him do something i think yes it would have had a positive impact but the the poison is way too deep to just have a guy have a coherent plan because you know sheriffs not going to enforce those rules a lot of these localities not going to enforce those rules i think if, if you put biden in there that might even just make them more likely to just dig in and say, no, we're not going to do anything. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could, the surprising thing is that, you know, Italy goes through, you know, governments the way I go through. No, wait a minute. I don't go through underwear very fast. That's not a good, that's not a good comparison. Uh, uh, you know, they have, a, they have, I don't know how many, they've had 
a, basically a government every year, every 18 months since World War II. I mean, they go through them all the time. So to think that that Italy was going to and, – and right now they've got this coalition government that's between the, sort of not anarchist but anti-establishment and a right-wing sort of group. I mean, it's a weird, weird coalition, but they everybody sort of got their shoulder behind the same thing. And there's definitely problems, but – you don't have to, I mean, you don't have to get every sheriff in the country aligned to do better than what's happened. That's my thinking. No, and not it, at all. I uh, think the, I think the, you know, the, the, the soft underbelly of that argument is that I'm, you know, I'm arguing for a good manager in case we have another, you know, crisis, which I'm not, I'm not sure is in the cards over the next four years. I, I could, I could understand somebody saying I get all that, but I like, I like the policy a lot better. And I'm willing to take that chance. Yeah, I don't know. I think Italy is an interesting case because it's a case where the people giving those orders were generally people that like those, the people that I would be worried wouldn't want to follow the stuff like, you know, like it's, it's an anti-establishment guy and a right wing guy. And if Trump said that stuff here, I think we would have gotten great like I think they would have just followed right along, but if it were Joe Biden, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, well, we're not gonna, we're you know, we're not really gonna know. I mean, I think it's pretty damning. Yeah. I, I do think it's damning that we're the ninth highest in the world. I mean, if we were in the middle, I would be, you know, I would be more persuaded by that argument. But it's hard to be ninth. I mean, you know, there's a lot of countries that did better than us, including some of the, you know, the countries that. Trump called, yeah, well, I, or, you know, like blank holes. <laughs> I'm trying not to cuss. Still, blank holes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm not even Anyways. trying to dispute the fact that we did bad. I think just my perception of it is that America is pretty rotten at this point. Like mo most of the way that this stuff works is on very shaky foundations. So. Yeah. I think it just goes deeper than what you're saying. I definitely think Biden being in would help in terms of that. But again, it's it's kind of the same thing as the whole election where it's like, well, yeah, I mean, kind of. But like, it's just we're continuing this downward trajectory no matter who's the manager. I, I get that. I understand your argument. I I, I do. I'm turning into, you know, I don't know what you're doing to me. It's some kind of Jedi mind trick that you're pulling on me. But <laughs> here, let's listen to this. Okay. Let's listen to this. This is, this is, you want to hear Trump talking about, now let's hear this. This is Trump making fun of Biden because he listens to scientists. If you vote for Biden, he will surrender your jobs to China. He will surrender your future to the virus. He's going to lock down. This guy wants to lock down. He'll listen to the scientists. If I listened totally to the scientists, we would right now have a country that would be in a massive depression instead of, we're like a rocket ship. Take a look at the numbers. We're like a rocket ship. I don't yeah. know what planet, I don't know what planet we're going to, but we're like a rocket ship. I no, don't really so. know if that's borne out. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, again, that's the, I mean, I think that's also kind of a misdirect. Because, like, if you look at the economy and then define it as, like, you know, I mean, like, yeah, 
I don't know. If you look at how people are actually doing and then look at like the stock market, you get a pretty big disparity. Yeah. But yeah, I think I mean, that's I think, how Republicans work. Well, I think he's going after two. It's masterful because I think he's actually going after two different audiences that are, you know, pretty substantially different. So one is, you know, the elitist pointy headed poindexters who are scientists, you know, what do they know? And then it's the, you know, it's the Wall Street boys. Mm hmm. You know, I don't know. Here, let's here's another one from Trump. I just like this one. We talked about this before. One thing with me, the nice part. I went through it. Now they say I'm immune. I can feel I feel so powerful. I'll walk into that audience. I'll walk in there. I'll kiss everyone in that audience. I'll kiss the guys and the beautiful women and um, everybody. I'll just give you a big fat kiss. <laughs> He sounds a little drunk. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. This is, he's kind of been, he's been feeling himself a little bit. And he's, uh, I don't know. I, I, like, he's pulling a tubing. <laughs> well, let's, that's Jesus not what Christ. you meant. Um, that's not what you meant. No, not what I meant at all. Oh my God, that's a terrible <laughs> But, um, you know, I mean, like, Honestly, that's been like my favorite thing of the past like month is like Trump is saying fun stuff again. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it you, just you, took, you know Remdesivir and, and and being shot up with steroids and you know yeah some monoclonal. Yeah, that, I don't know what the Eli Lilly thing is. <laughs> polyclonal, monoclonal, monoclonal antibody. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah Trump, Trump is dancing to, to you know, the hits of the village people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's firing on all cylinders. That's for sure. Yeah, man. And I, I think he's having an, like a, a rally event like every day from here to the at election. At least. At least. The guy's impressive. I mean, I'll give you that. He's not, he's not, you know, calling it in. I mean, it's a little late, but. I guess well, he likes it. He, he was phoning it in for a long time, I feel. Like yeah. 2017 was like the last time I felt like, you know, just excited or not even excited, just it was like fun to to pay attention to what Trump was doing. Well, he likes these rallies and I think it's a way of, you know, the marketing people always say, you know, sh show don't tell. In other words, you know, don't you don't you like show you don't, you want to, and, and I guess the writers do this too. You don't want to explain everything, right? You want, you want people to see it, to feel it, not just with words. And so these rallies, I think, are his way of saying, don't be afraid of the coronavirus. We can all, you know, we can all get together and, you know, big groups, no masks, yelling, you know. Yeah, I'm just going to give all you old people this thing and then we can all be walking around, you know, yeah. as by old people that love the village people. Yeah, he's going to go around and kiss people and, and do the village people. I don't know. The guy's got some kind of weird something going on. You know, the doctor that, so he said, he you know, he doesn't trust scientists. He's got, he's got this guy, Dr. Atlas. I mean, these names are incredible. Hell yeah. You know what I'm I mean? I'm looking that up right now. I, I had not heard of Dr. Atlas. Oh yeah, Dr. Atlas. He's from he's from a conservative think tank, the Hoover Institute at Stanford. He's like a, a neurosurgeon or neurologist. He doesn't really, you know, viruses are not his 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 thing, but he's got a lot of uh, 
he's got some policies or some ideas that Trump likes and a last name. I mean, you know. Yeah, he <laughs> looks like he's he looks like he's like a, a like in a comic book. He looks like one of those, um, you know, just like a government official in a comic book. Yeah, central casting. That's what that's what Trump likes. Okay, we're home stretch. Listen to the I, I, so check out this is Ben Shapiro. I'm sure you know. <laughs> yeah. He's a he's a he's a young whippersnapper, you know, he's a go-getter, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. A lot of energy. Here he is. He's talking about why he's voting for Trump in 2020. Didn't vote for him in 2016. I did not vote for Donald Trump in 2016. I am voting for Donald Trump in 2020. There are three reasons I'm going to vote for Donald Trump in 2020 when I didn't four years ago. First, I was simply wrong about Donald Trump on policy. Second, I wasn't really wrong about Donald Trump on character, but whatever damage he was going to do has already been done, and it's not going to help if I don't vote for him this time. And third, most importantly, the Democrats have lost their f***ing minds. <laughs> he sounds like he's inhaled helium. Yeah, I, oh man, it's, I hope you would like heard this guy before. He's like a, He's like an old school fun to make fun of conservative because like he, you know. I know. He sounds like James Cagney or something. He sounds like, I another thing, Shay. I mean, yeah, I can almost hear like the wheels of his roller backpack. <laughs> uh, I was thinking way older. Yeah, yeah your old school <laughs> and my old school don't no, even overlap. <laughs> I'm not even thinking old school. I'm just thinking of him in high school. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, like he he'd probably wore suits every day. Um, yeah, we had one of those in my school. I don't think he was like Ben Shapiro, though. Uh, this guy's intense. Yeah, Ben. I mean, he's got a great voice. Very fun to to imitate. Um, yeah. Especially because he's got that like clipped kind of cadence, so you can like think of, you know, you could just like, I don't know, you could freestyle with Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's it take- because he's like a. He's like a he's like a paleocon that just like implanted his mind into a younger body. Yeah, exactly right. And I, I love that he speaks so quickly. I mean, you can you can you can listen to a lot of Ben Shapiro in just a short amount of time. He sounds like he's on fast forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's great. I'm going to slow him down. I'm going to I'm going to take a clip and slow him down and see what he sounds like. His voice will be lower and he'll be speaking more slowly. But I like that. One last quote, and we'll we'll wrap it up. This is this is him talking about the beauty, uh, the the mastery, the the genius of Donald Trump. Like I've been very very clear on my feelings about Donald Trump's character. I have serious reservations, to say the least. Trump has some good qualities. Right, he's a hammer in search of a nail. Sometimes he hits a nail; it's super satisfying, and sometimes he hits a baby, and it is far less satisfying. <laughs> I don't know why we would pick that. Why would he pick hitting a baby? I mean, I think there's there's something to be said about the fact that like I yeah. was surprised by the fact that that he actually I kind of believe him a little bit. Um Yeah. Yeah. Because I think he really is like a mixture of the never Trumpers and the new guys. Um Yeah. And I, you know, I don't even think that's a completely wrong thing to say there. Like, yeah, I think no. it's a really weird um, metaphor because I would not describe him as a hammer in search of a nail at all. No. Uh, but the hit and miss kind of thing with Trump, I think, is absolutely true. 
and there have definitely been some things that are like, well, this guy is definitely bad, but like, you know, this is not as bad as if like a normal Republican were in that seat. I I've think, had that thought several times. I think you're right. I think if you're a, you know, an old school, I know we said old school like 15 times, old school conservative, you know, financially, economically conservative and socially conservative, like the, you know, like conservative, then there's, you know, there's stuff in Trump that you find abhorrent and then stuff in, in what he's done that's been great. And it's, and, but, but it's not, it's not easily divisible. Like, you know, he's, he's spending a lot of money and I bet that Shapiro is not particularly happy about, you know, running up the deficit. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of think most so of hit the, and right. I think called it, it was more like hit and hit. It was, you know, it, it was hitting things. Always yeah, hitting the wrong problem. I think <laughs> yeah. that's even a better part of, of yeah, it might be. Uh, yeah. analogy because he is always like doing, he's always taking some action. Yeah. Um, and it's landing somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah, I, think was thing, to I think the thing that, that made the, or the Republicans and the old school conservatives scared of Trump is that they were worried that he was touching all these third rails that would like destroy their ability to govern. And as they saw those not kill him, they were like, oh, well, then this is not a pr- – actually, this is great. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's a – I think the, the way that those people now talk about Trump is sort of a cover for that where it's like I, you know, I, I'm wagging my finger at Trump this whole time while he's doing everything that I want him to do. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah they want to have like it. The ultimate, I mean they basically have what they're accusing Biden of being, which is like – you know, he appears to something that's like good for his base, but like he's really doing this shadowy stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. He managed Shapiro goes on to talk about his, his third point about how they've lost their minds is really all about how, how Biden is going to go hard left, you know, a bunch of. Yeah. I mean, I think crazy, that's a hilarious. That, that's my favorite part is because they really don't have any case when it comes to that. So, yeah it just has to go into hysteria where like, yeah. Oh, well it's always, we're always five minutes from, you know, Bernie Sanders is going to bust down the doors and like shoot everyone with an AK 47 and take power. Yeah, that's pretty much, you got it. That's pretty much what his argument was that, that, that Bernie is really pulling the strings and that, you know, that, that, that this was all just to, you know, put a, put a veneer on it. That's going to be more acceptable. And then, then the socialists are going to take over. I mean, that was basically, yeah, and I even think, think that's a. I think you could make a convincing narrative of that if you're not already in the Bernie camp, which yeah. is, I mean, you know, right. it already looks like something pretty shady happened during the primary, right? So all you have to do is say, well, no, they weren't actually sabotaging him when Obama had that meeting with Bernie. That was him bringing him in. Yeah. So now they're all in the same because they all. I mean, you know, people thought Obama's a socialist, and it's like. That's so far from reality. Yeah, we're going to have a long wait to see Bernie, you know. <laughs> to see, well, I shouldn't say that, see Biden sitting on Bernie's lap in the White House. I mean, I, you know, it would be entertaining, but uh, <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah, I, yeah, it's like, I wish, but like, come on, man. I think you're overestimating the Democrats. No. Uh, but that's, you know, that's that's a good strategy for them. Yeah, well, there you go. 
We've got a lot of audio today. I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, that's my favorite clip of Trump in like the past six months, probably is that clip of him talking about how he's going to go down in the audience, especially because it sounds like his brain is just like, I know, like lurching from one side to the other. I know. Maybe we can get you and you and Boo to work on. Maybe you can turn that into some sort of rap thing. You know what I mean? Like sample it or something. Oh God, yeah, I don't know about that, but I just I think I think it's it's perfect as it is. I don't need to mess with that. Oh, anymore. you don't want to do anything to it? Okay, well we'll just we'll just play it every once in a while. Or if we on blue, things are getting well, a little. Yeah, I just sad. need to have that on like a. We need to have a soundboard. Um, yeah. So that I can just you know, I'll kiss all the guys. <laughs> just yeah, I love it. Just play all right, that. son. <laughs> I know you got to get back to work. I'm so sorry, but that's the way it is. Yep, <laughs> that's life. It's, I'm glad you have a job. That's good. I'm glad you're an upstanding member of the community. Well, I'm glad you have a, well, have a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not go too crazy here. <laughs> yeah. All right. I love you, son. I it's always fun too. talking to you. You take care of yourself. I'm uh, proud of you. I'll talk to you again this weekend. Okay, we'll talk on Sunday. I want to talk to you about the Electoral College. I'm going to corner you and try to get a guess on who will win and by what margin the popular vote and uh, and who will win and by what margin on the in the Electoral College. That's oh, your Sunday. Boy. That's your Sunday homework. It just has to be a guess. I mean, you yeah, no, no, no. I'll have to go in my... Well, we'll have to see how wonky I can get. Okay. All right. <laughs> Put on your little Poindexter hat. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll get some thicker funny. glasses, some thicker rimmed glasses for that day. All right. You take care. I love you. All right. Love you too. Talk, talk to you on Sunday. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.